Welcome to the Moments of Illumination podcast. Each episode, you will hear stories from everyday people sharing remembrances of a shift in consciousness, self-discovery, or moments of illumination. This is Linda, your host. Today's episode is Determining a Path to Healing. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed your book, Bluebird, Yellowbird, and I found it to be a very therapeutic approach to unlocking trauma through characters who are crossing paths throughout time quite mysteriously. Can you give us an overview of this story? Bluebird, Yellowbird is a novel. There's a character named Caroline who is kind of coming up to a place in her life where she's confronting a lot of mixed feelings that she has, a lot of experiences that she's having that are sort of uh, full of friction. She's having a lot of issues with anxiety and perplexing issues that she's coming up against. And she can't quite figure them out, which I think sometimes is true of all of us in our lives. We come to a place in our lives where we're thinking, why am I feeling this way? She ends up kind of following these uh, leads that are given to her by a friend who suggests a meditation group, which she attends. And that is true. I did do that in my life. And that proved to be a very helpful thing in my own life. So this character, Caroline, starts to attend a meditation group and begins to unfold a mystery around why she feels the way she feels, why she's coming up against the issues that she's coming up against. She begins to kind of go really deep into herself through meditation and discover things about herself that she didn't always know before. And um, she begins to follow a path of self-discovery through meditation into a past life. And in this past life, she learns about some things that happened to her that kind of mimic things that are happening to her in her current life. Things begin to make sense to her. She starts to unravel um, the mystery of herself. And in doing so, she starts to experience freedom in her own life. So the story itself has a lot of, I think it has a lot of mystery just like in real life, sometimes our own lives are mysterious. And she starts to unravel her own mystery through meditation, through self-discovery, and with the aid of different people who come into her life and help her unravel all of this. I was watching a movie, um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Did you read that book? I did not. By any chance? No, but I'm going to now. It's funny, the opening line of the movie says, it's an important popular fact that things are not always what they seem. Mm. That's the first line of the movie. And it's a humorous, it's a funny account of this guy who leaves Earth. 
that first line just really struck me that things are not always what they seem. And we need to like repeat that if we wake up every morning and say to ourselves, let's make this an important popular fact that things are not always what they seem. Gosh, expect so the miracle, expect the intercession on your behalf. You know, expect things to come into alignment for you if you give yourself to them. get to the point where you chose to write the book? Were you journaling okay. or did it just? I had always had this inner feeling inside of me and I'm not going to say voice because it's more of a feeling without words. I always had this inner feeling of uh, I needed to write a book someday, somehow. I didn't go to college for that. I didn't, I wasn't trained in that. I did take some classes and workshops and things like that. But for as long as I can remember, even as a child, I was writing, writing stories, writing poems, and something inside of me was a knowing. You're going to write someday. You need to write someday. Um, and it actually, I have to say, it became so, such a, an insistent feeling in me that I could not ignore it any longer. I really couldn't, I couldn't ignore it any longer. So I was in a place in my life of, of difficulty and trauma, anxiety and depression and things like that. And it, I was in a traumatic place really. And that feeling grew so large in me that I picked up a notebook and I put a pen in my hand and I just started writing. At the time my son was young, he was, kindergarten, I think. So and he had bunk beds. And I remember I would go in his top, in the top bunk bed, he'd be in the bottom bunk bed. And I had a flashlight and I'd be writing in the notebook by flashlight night after night, after night, after night. And it ended up being for about three years. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I did not have a specific outline. I didn't have a specific plan for what this book was going to be or turn out like or what characters would enter. I knew who the main character was and I knew a couple of main things that would happen in this book, but otherwise I knew nothing. And <laughs> so when I wrote, it was like, wow, this is just happening through my hand, through the pen on the page. And it turned into, I'd say about five notebooks, which I still have. And it turned into a the story that it is now, which is really how I grew myself out of the situation I was in, in the trauma that I was experiencing at that time. I grew out of it through writing the book. I knew I had to do something like this. I don't know why, but I had to listen to that. Um, and I had, and so I had to do it, but I had some experiences in my own life that infused into the story itself, like Reiki. I'd been certified in Reiki um, and I had uh, started to meditate and really become a disciple of med meditation. So those things brought me there as well. 
and they end up in the story. But it was, it's, it's so much of a, an original purpose for as long as I can remember. The term weird lost girl. I loved that in the book. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Where did that come from? But I just love her. I know her. I've been her. You know? It's yeah. kind of like, you know, if you were lost in a department store and I'll be like, well, the weird lost girl, <laughs> please come to the front of this store. <laughs> you know, she is, she is just she is just every woman. I think we've we've all internalized that pain on some level of being different. And yeah. I think it's born out of struggling with your own voice. We're taught to kind of obey and we're given a, a certain parameter of how we can join and when we can join. Mm-hmm. We're taught to really put that creative impulsive side side and wait to see what everyone else is doing. Mm. So I loved that term weird lost girl. And I want to know more about her. (laughs) I love I actually love that you really grabbed onto that phrase, because it's a very true phrase for this, this character, Caroline, and for me, (laughs) and for, I think many other girls, women, people, men, if we could all admit to that more you know, I think we'd find a lot of people coming out saying, my gosh, I'm weird and lost too. <laughs> I really do because. Yeah, it's so liberating. It is liberating. <laughs> and in a sense, I think being weird and lost is a good place to be. Hmm. It's a good place to be weird and lost because that's where you discover your voice. That's where you discover uh, maybe a new path because you're lost. So you get to find it and you get to find your voice. What is it in you that sort of determines that path? What was it that emerged? I noticed it was, you know, these lay healers were all women and you could identify together. And it was a specific, ah, maybe a specific niche where your lost weird girl could run free. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And I love that question. Um, I think that the weird lost girl can find that in herself by listening to herself, by listening deep within herself. There's, there really is such a thing as a gut feeling, you know, it's real. It's in your gut and it's, it's your intuition. It's not your brain telling you what to do. It's your intuition intuitive feeling telling you if you listen to that intuitive feeling and follow it and there will be doubt doubt is is normal it comes about in everyone but if you can if you can just shelve the doubt and hear that intuitive feeling inside of you it will tell you it will tell you what Hmm. what is your path what is your voice it's going to tell you and if you listen and follow it, then you're following something, I think, very sacred. Yes. Something that was given to you 
from a greater source, a greater thing, a greater being. And if you can listen to it, hear it, follow it, I believe you find freedom. You feel free. say keep room in your heart for the unimaginable mm -hmm. what does that mean to you that's another phrase that kind of came up in my practice of yoga which is a whole lifestyle really and um, certain phrases jump out at me through yoga and other times too that was when I really grabbed onto it just it just something told me hold on to this uh keep room in your heart for the unimaginable. Something told me to hold on to that phrase. And over time, it began to really mean something to me. And what it was, was keep your, art, your heart open because you don't know what could go into it. And so as I've gone along, I've kind of tried, I've kept an open heart and found myself surprised by what could go in it. So another thing that entered my heart was photography. I love photography. I, I didn't know I loved it. I never knew I would love it. <laughs> it just happened later in life as one of those things that when I do it, I could be doing it for eight hours and it feels like eight minutes have gone by. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now I know I've got these creative outlets and these different outlets that are, I believe, given to me by some greater source. Um, to use for healing myself and maybe others. Do you ever have any regret for losing some time in the dark forest, those years that were particularly difficult? Or is this rebirth or new beginning just all part of the forgiveness process you're here for? I've come to not have regret because I've come to understand that the dark forest or the places where we get lost in life are, um, they bring us to a deeper understanding. And that deeper understanding includes things like self-love, forgiveness, compassion. I don't think, at least for me, I could not learn those things without getting lost in the deep woods first. I wouldn't have learned them, not to the extent that I have. I needed to get lost. And I think we all need to get lost. Sometimes getting lost is, it's scary, but it's, it's beautiful in a way. It I really would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. The dark forest too, I suspect was connected to the past life memories that you were working out as well. Is that true or is there any connection there? Uh, well, I myself have not experienced past life memories. In oh, okay. My, yep. In my that was book. just the character. Okay. Yes. Okay. Caroline does experience past life memories in the book, and those memories become instrumental and pivotal in the understanding of herself and in the growth and in the walk out of the dark forest for her. 
I haven't experienced that. Someday, maybe I will. I'm going to keep my heart open. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> it's working so well for you. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Keep it open. Yeah, just continue. So I'm wondering, you know, it is such a difficult space to be in as a woman if you've been through trauma, if you've been through abuse. Um, you are anxious, you are in poverty alone. What recommendations would you give to women who are fearful of change or even venturing out of the cocoon? Mm. Um, I think I would say um, being in a place like that, that you just described, as I call sometimes the dark forest or the dark woods, um, impoverished or and or um, in some sort of trauma or abuse situation. I think it's listen to your innermost self. Listen closely. Don't doubt it. Um, follow it. Find that space where you can hear yourself. And it won't steer you wrong. It'll, it'll, it'll be the light in your dark woods. And you'll find yourself, if you follow that light, you'll find yourself in a different place. At some point, you will. Keep following the light. And also, notice the things that come into your life at those dark times. Those things are, are being given to you. It could be a friend. Um, it could be a, a hobby a passion, a book, um, some stranger who said something to you that struck you in a positive way, there will be lights coming into your darkness. See them, notice them. They're there to help guide you out of the darkness and out of the woods to a brighter place. They're there. See them as opportunities. I think you're, you're yes. saying. Yeah. Did you, you listen to my story and I was wondering if you had questions for me as well. Well, I could relate to your personal story because of your, the meditation piece. Um, you know, you attended a group and I love that because I attended a group in my real life. And so did Caroline in the book. And I can really relate to your experience of um, suddenly there's this just understanding, this instantaneous understanding that just happened right in front of your eyes. I can relate to that a lot. I think that happens to us. If we're, if we're following our inner voice, as you did in reading The Course in Miracles, and you went to this group and you kept your heart open, you got to have an instantaneous understanding. Um, and I think I would ask you today, how do you feel that plays itself out for you 
on a daily basis or on a regular basis for you? I think it gives me a reference point. I know where my real operating system is. It's in that space of feeling very much at home internally and mm. knowing that I'm I'm fulfilling my function, but I'm carrying a message that belongs to me and belongs to the universe. So it's this recognition that the truth belongs to us by nature. And we're just a little, a little off. You know what I mean? In any mm -hmm. given moment, if we're feeling uncomfortable or upset, we're believing in something that doesn't come from that truth, but just maybe a question or a need that hasn't been satisfied. Mm -hmm. And that's really the only problem anyone could have in any given moment. Mm -hmm. But from, from the time I was a kid, I believed in that fairy tale, The Princess and the Pea. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that story? Oh, I sure do. To, to, for those who don't know, to, to test this young woman to see if she was a princess, a real-life princess, they put a pea, like a hard pea, at the bottom of 10 mattresses mm -hmm. and had her sleep on it. And she awoke feeling, you know, uncomfortable that this thing happened. Isn't that how it goes? Do you remember it, it that way? I do. Yes. So yeah. if she can feel, if she can feel under all of those layers, yeah. if she can feel that little lump, then she's really the princess. She's really the princess. And the reason why she's the princess is because she has compassion. She has feeling. She is sensitive. So if she would be that sensitive to feel a pee, mm -hmm. then she would be sensitive for the people of the kingdom. I love that. And so for me, all of my life, I've been really weird lost girl about my sensitivity, but it's really like my superpower. Yes. You know, like the princess and the pea. And uh, so these distortions i think in mainstream what is communicated just media the internet everything but mostly like news and cueing from the world about what we should believe about some of these scary things that we see in the world come from fear and come from distortions we have not had the ability to work out yet sort of everybody getting an opportunity to ride the ride and tell their tale, you know? think of anything that I haven't asked that you would like to talk about, whatever mm -hmm. comes to mind? I just think that it, when you come upon something that is like an aha, that's it. Go with it. Go with your aha and trust it. Trust the flow of the aha right. moments. Trust that flow. Go with the flow. That's excellent advice. Yes, yeah, I do. I yeah. think don't hold, don't hold on to the edge. Don't hold on to the edge too much in fear. You know, let go of the edge and go with the flow. 
and it, you'll find yourself all kinds of places. Doing a podcast. Doing a podcast. <laughs> Writing See? a book. That's right. You find yourself and you could never guess what those things are. You could never have guessed them. You never yeah. could have predicted them. That's wonderful. And that's, that's the, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful life when you go with the flow. Nice. I couldn't have ended that better than on that note. <laughs> Thanks Thank very you. much. It's been oh, a pleasure getting to know you and having you on the show today. Linda, thank you so much. This is just such a lovely, uh, a lovely surprise for me. So thank you. Rachel Namika's book, Bluebird Yellowbird, can be found at online book retailers. Thank you for listening to the Moments of Illumination podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at moi.podcast or email us at momentsofillumination at gmail.com.